Romans chapter 1, verses 21 through 23. Romans 1, verses 21 to 23. Most of you were not here when I preached it. Most of you. Those that were. Um, probably don't remember anyhow, so. I had a pastor friend years ago. He told me, he said, man, he said, I just... I can't get something else. I'll just re-preach something, change the title. My people never know the difference. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 1, verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. They knew God, but they didn't glorify Him as God. Neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. Now, this is an interesting adjective that the apostle uses as he describes these people. And, and if you know anything about Romans chapter 1, he goes through a process whereby people end up um, with a reprobate mind. So it's, 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 a, it's a horrible process. And we're not going there tonight, so don't. Don't get bogged down there either. But, but he talks about some of the things that led them in that direction. And, and he talks about how they knew God, but in spite of knowing him, they never really gave him the glory that he deserved as God. Because in their minds, they could never really let him be Bigger and greater than what they were familiar with. And so they took the, and this is the, this is the adjective that is so unique. The uncorruptible God. And they made him like corruptible man. Or like birds or four-footed beasts or creeping things. They, they, they brought God down to their level. They wanted to make God as much like them as they could. And the problem, it seems to me, in Paul's mind, the biggest problem with doing this is this change that they made in the nature of God that the true God is uncorruptible but when you then try to put him into your image he becomes corruptible and I want to I want to try to Uh, 
some, even some King James Bibles say it this way. I, I want to teach on the incorruptible God. The incorruptible God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want you to put your Bibles down. I want you to pray. And again, would you, would you do this, church? Would you pray, God, give us a revelation tonight? Show us a little bit more about you. Help us to not see you the way we've always seen you, but to see you the way you want us to see you. Can we do that? Let's pray together right now. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. My God, my God, my God. Praise God. Praise God, praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. Now, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to travel with me here. Uh, at a fast pace tonight, so that we can so that we can try to finish up and and I'm gonna I'm gonna this is not the way I preached this, um, however many years ago it was, uh, I looked it up and whatever it was but but uh, I think it was close to a decade ago now but but um, this is not exactly the way I preached it back then but I want you to stay with me because. I want to try to help some folks here tonight to get a real revelation of something that I believe is going to help you to get on this bandwagon and start seeing the things in your life that God wants you to see. So I'm going to take you to some Bible stories tonight. Let's start with the woman with the issue of blood. Let's go to Mark chapter 5. Get your Bibles. It's Bible study night. Mark chapter 5. And let's start with verse 25. We'll read through verse 29. Read for me, Brother Goff. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered, but rather, rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. All right. Now, now, now I'll tell you what. Here's what I'm going to do, church. I've got a, lot of, I got a lot of background scriptures to prove some things that I'm saying. Surely after 20, almost 25 years, you know I can prove what I'm going to tell you in scripture. And if anybody doubts it, just let me know and I'll send you the scriptures. But this will save us a little bit of time, so we'll skip over a few things. I'll give you the reference. You can write it down, look it up if you don't believe me. But this will help us a little bit here tonight. But let me tell you something. I want you to understand some things about 
about this woman and the issue at hand. Praise God. Amen. The issue of blood. How the law was very specific concerning the condition that this woman had. Believe me, she was a Jew. She had heard enough lectures from the rabbis. She'd heard enough teaching, amen, from her parents as a little girl. Her mama had taught her from childhood, amen, that when this situation came upon her, that if it lasted longer than the normal period of time, that then she became unclean and so she was to be considered unclean during the entire time and the Bible says that this lasted for 12 years now I'm going to tell you that the loss of blood for 12 years without stopping would have left her number one in an extremely weak condition Physically, amen, she would have been in terrible shape, unable to take care of anybody or anything. I don't know how old she was. I don't know if she already had, had gotten married, probably had, amen, uh, uh, before this problem set in upon her. And if that's the case, there is a good chance she may have also had children before this happened. But do you understand? According to Leviticus chapter 15, verses 25 to 27, which we will not read. That's for those of you that are doubters tonight. Write it down. You can go home and look it up. Leviticus 15, verses 25 to 27. According to that, during this entire 12 years, she was to be considered unclean. Her house was unclean. Her bed was unclean. Her clothes were unclean. Nobody could touch her. She could not touch anybody else. She could not even hug her own children. She could not greet her own husband. She was not allowed, amen, to have any kind of physical contact with anybody. It was considered like a plague. You talk about social distancing. And 12 years is a long time to be considered an outcast. You know, we're struggling today, most of us, ready to get rid of these masks. I'll leave the adjectives out. Uh, but we're ready to get rid of these things. We are ready to be free of them. We're ready to be over all of this social distancing. And it hasn't even been 12 months. But for this woman, 12 years, she had to remain at a distance. 12 years, she couldn't shake hands with anybody. 12 years, she couldn't hug anybody's neck. 12 years, she couldn't enter the same room with somebody else. She spent everything she had going from one doctor to another. And you understand that every doctor that attended to her would then be considered unclean for a period of time. 
And he had a process he had to go through before he would again be considered clean. And because of this uncleanness, he couldn't go into the, t- into the synagogue on the Sabbath if it happened. You know, I'm, I'm sure if he knew what her problem was, he'd try to see her so that he could be through all this cleansing process before the Sabbath day. So he could, he could go to the synagogue. And, uh, and, and so she had to deal with this. And, and with this being the case for 12 years, you know that everybody around knew. You can't get close to this woman. She was the talk of the town. And this because of a situation beyond her control. She wasn't like the woman at the well. It wasn't because she was immoral. It was a physical condition. She couldn't help. But the law declared her unclean. And everything that she touched and everybody that touched her became unclean. And she took every penny she had to every doctor that would see her. And she only grew worse. And then there were no more doctors to see her. Probably because there was no more money to pay them. And they weren't willing to go through the process of being marked unclean if they weren't at least going to get paid for it. And so what is she to do now? Well, I'll tell you. I'm not sure how it happened. But somewhere along the way, she heard a story about an itinerant rabbi, a teacher who was going around from place to place. And it just so happened he didn't care if you were clean or unclean. He didn't care what the condition was. He'd take time for you. And she had heard that he could heal all manner of sickness and disease. Now, she's unclean. She's not going to waste his time. She's not going to ask for an audience. She's not going to enter into a building where he's teaching. She is not going to be so presumptuous as to go in front of him and try to talk to him. But she is determined. I've got to get clean. I've got to be healed. Well, hallelujah. I've got to find a way to get to this rabbi. I've got to find a way for something to happen. And she did. And we read the story. I'm trying to cut it short. You know the story. But now look. The moment that she touched his garment. Do you know what the attitude was of the crowd around? Those that knew her, and no doubt some of them there did. There were those in that crowd that no doubt knew who this woman was and what her problem was. And the moment... That she was identified as having touched the Lord. There's a problem. Not so much for her. Are you with me? But the teachers of the law. The Pharisees. Had a problem on their hands. 
You see, the prophet Haggai had said in Haggai chapter 2, verses 11 through 13, they, he made it very clear, God made it clear through that prophet that if something is unclean and it touches that which is clean, then the uncleanness rubs off onto that which is clean. And it contaminates. It doesn't work the other way. According to, maybe we should read. You got that passage in Haggai? Let's, let's read that. I don't want to rush this too much tonight. Haggai chapter 2, verses 11 to 13. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, ask now the priest concerning the law, saying, If one bear holy flesh in the skirt of his garment, and with his skirt do touch bread or pottage or wine or oil or meat, shall it be holy? And the priest answered and said, No. Then said Haggai, if one that is unclean by a dead body touch any of the, these, shall it be unclean? And the priest answered and said, it shall be unclean. All right, so, so Haggai, the Lord speaking through Haggai, makes it very clear that cleanness does not rub off. But uncleanness does. And so everybody's standing around in that crowd that sees and knows that woman, and she sees him touch the master. They know, Brother Goff, he has just been defiled. He now needs to go and separate himself until the time of uncleanness has come and gone. He needs to stop this journey on his way to Jairus' house. He doesn't need to continue. He needs to excuse himself from the crowd now because this man has just been contaminated by one that is unclean. Yeah, this, this little nobody, this woman that nobody wants anything to do with has just contaminated the rabbi. Well, hallelujah. But I'm going to tell you, when Jesus turned and looked at her, he didn't call her a nobody. Let's look at what he says. Amen. Luke chapter 8, verse 46. I love this. Read. And Jesus said, Jesus said somebody, have, somebody touched have touched me. He didn't call her a nobody. To Jesus, this was somebody. She's not just a nobody. She might be to everybody else, but not to the master. This was one that had faith. This was one that was willing to do whatever she had to do to get her miracle. And that moved her out of the category of a nobody into the category of a somebody in his eyes. Just her faith. Now, look, when he said somebody has touched me, the disciples couldn't figure it out because there was a crowd thronging him that day. There were a lot of people touching him. But he didn't refer to any of them as somebody. He ignored their touch. Are you with me? Because see, their touch didn't have any faith behind it. They were all touching him. They had to. In a crowd that size, they're bumping up against him all the time. But their touch didn't have any faith in it. And it never bothered the master. He didn't even stop. He didn't even think about it. He felt their jostle. He felt the tussle. He felt it when they bumped him. But he never thought twice about it. But now, somebody. 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 
somebody got his attention. And they got his attention by doing something everybody else was doing. But there was a difference in the way she did it. Because when she did it, she did it with faith. And he said, somebody has touched me because I felt virtue when it went out of me. She was afraid. Now look, I want to tell you something. Jesus wasn't just guessing. You say, oh, well, he just, he just meant that in a generic sense. No, no, no. I want to prove to you he was not guessing. Read Mark 5 and 32. And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. And he looked round about to see who had done this thing. Her. Oh. Oh, he already knew it was a her. He knew in his mind who it was that had touched him. When he said somebody, he already knew who it was. He was just trying to, trying to get her attention and the attention of everybody else. He's trying to let that crowd know with all of their pride and all of their arrogance, you had the same opportunity that she had, but you didn't avail yourself I'm telling you, it's time to quit looking at her like a nobody. She's a somebody when it comes to her faith. Now, she's afraid. She's afraid. Verse 33, read. But the woman, fearing and trembling, Uh knowing what was done in her, Uh came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. You know why she's afraid? You know why? She, because of what I just told you. She, in her mind, has just contaminated the rabbi. She has just made him unclean. She didn't notify him. She didn't tell him. She was hoping to just touch the garment, sneak out of the crowd, and nobody would be the wiser. But it didn't happen that way. He is demanding her presence, front and center. And she thinks, I'm in for it now. But she didn't lie about it, and she didn't try to blame someone else. She fell down before him, and she told him all the truth. I'm the one. I came here unclean. And I touched you. And I know what that means. I know what I've just done to you, Master. I know what has just caused you. And, and, and I, I want you to understand my story. And I want you to understand it's been 12 years. And I, I, I want you to understand. And, 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 and no doubt she's going, because the Bible says that she told him all the truth. And so what did he do? With this fearful, this trembling nobody that had become somebody. What did he say to this presumptuous, unclean one who dared to defile him with her contaminating touch? You know what he did? He upgraded her title. Look at verse 34. Hallelujah. I love this. Verse 34, read. 
And he said unto he her, said unto her daughter, Hallelujah. Look, she went from being a nobody to being a somebody. And when she came down and said, Lord, this is my story, he said, I just wanted everybody else to hear it. But I want you to know, you're not just a somebody now. I want everybody here to hear this. You are a daughter. You've got every right to touch me. You've got every right to do what you've done. Don't feel sorry for reaching out and asking for a miracle. You are a child of God. You belong to me. You may have been unclean according to the law, but you're my child. So you can sit back and criticize the errors of her thought, her mindset. You you can say what you want to about her. But the Lord healed her that day and called her daughter. Well, hallelujah. Because see, there's something else about this story. What the woman didn't understand. She was so afraid that she had just contaminated, defiled, corrupted, if you please, the master. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But she didn't understand, Brother Nelson, that wasn't possible. She didn't understand. You can't do that when it comes to Jesus. You might be able to do it. Look, all the law that's written about what happens when a man touches that which is unclean. But this was more than a man. This was more than just humanity. This was the author of the law. And he had written this law when he was not yet a man. But the spirit that was dwelling on the inside of him had spoken this law into existence. First Corinthians 15 said that Adam was made a living soul. Amen. But the last Adam was a quickening spirit. Amen. The first, amen, was, was of the earth, earthy. But the second is the Lord from heaven. Listen to me. The earthy can be corrupted, but the heavenly cannot. Do you remember what our text said about him? Romans chapter 1 and verse 23. Read it again. And change the glory change of the, the glory incorruptible of the God. Incorruptible God. Ah, oh, listen. This is the problem, saints of God. Listen. That's what you've got to understand. When you sit back and say, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I don't live good. I'm not praying like what you're doing is you're making God into one of us. You got to understand he's an incorruptible God. He's not going to be affected by your unworthiness. He's not going to be affected amen by how little you see yourself. He's an incorruptible God. 
Come on, somebody. Get a revelation. Get a revelation. What the devil's doing is he's trying to create a God in your mind that's like you are. But this God is so much bigger and he's so much greater. understand do you understand that if he was a corruptible God he would be contaminated by everything that he has ever created he created Lucifer and Lucifer sinned but it didn't contaminate God he created Adam and Adam sinned but it didn't contaminate God I'm telling you from the angels that fell to man that fell because of Adam to those of us that Romans says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God listen to me if it's all about worthiness then God's going to be corrupted if he touches anybody but thank God he's an incorruptible God he can reach down to any one of us that's why he can touch that sinner in Colorado Springs and cause his leg to grow even though the sinner never lives for that didn't corrupt God that didn't affect God it just showed how great God is Oh, I feel like preaching tonight. (laughs) Woo! Do I need to go on? Do I need to give you some more? Well, that's kind of a mixed result. I kind of feel like I'm in the middle of the election or something right now. Half of you for Biden and half of you for Trump. Okay, so, so how about this? How about Luke chapter 5, verses 12 to 13? And it came to so pass. You, you Bidenites just lost. <laughs> and it came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy. Oh, now, now, now listen, listen. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to try to build up these stories anymore. You know where I'm going. You know what I'm going to say. You know that leprosy was an unclean disease. You know it was just like this woman with the issue of blood. You know that if a man had leprosy, he contaminated everything he touched. And anybody that touched him was contaminated. This man didn't just have leprosy. Read that again. Behold a man full of leprosy. Behold a man full. Yeah, it's one thing to find a leprous spot. And go to the priest and say, is this leprosy or not? This man didn't just have a spot of leprosy. By the way, Brother Self, I have an assignment for you. I was was reading today, looking at all this leprosy. 
there's a passage in the Old Testament that talks about trying to determine if someone's got leprosy. It says if a man or a woman, if a man or a woman finds a, I forget the exact wording. You're smart enough. You can find a man or a woman finds a, 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 a scab or a skull in his, it says, in, it says it this way, if a man or a woman finds a scab or a skull in the hair or in the beard. So I want you to figure out for me how that woman found the skull in her beard. That's, that's, that's the assignment I got for you. Praise God. You figure out how the woman found that <laughs> leprosy in her beard. All right. That's, that's what I want to, I want to know. I want to know who that woman was and she might've been kin to me. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know. But anyhow, all right. Praise God. It was, <laughs> Great peace have they which love thy law. Nothing shall offend them. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's get serious. Let's get serious. I don't want to. I don't want the Holy Ghost walking out on us now. All right. So he was full of leprosy. Now let's 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 read on. Who seeing Jesus, Jesus fell on his face right, and so besought look, him. Look, look, this man's trying to be proper about it. He's not going to try to go any closer. He sees Jesus. He just falls on his face. I'm not getting any closer. I know I'm unclean. I'm not going to contaminate you. I'm just going to stay right where I'm at. I'm going to keep my distance. But I know you've got the power to do something about this. If you will, you can make me clean. Read. And he put forth his hand. And wait a minute. Jesus said, what'd you stop there for? What, 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 what? You're going to stop there? So Jesus put forth his hand and. And touched him. And touched this was not an accident. Jesus didn't bump into him. This is not like the woman with the issue of blood. She snuck up behind him and he didn't know anything about it. This man stopped. He kept his distance. But Jesus made a definite decision. I'm going to where that unclean man is and I am going to put my hand on the unclean. I'm going to touch this man that doesn't just have leprosy. He's full of leprosy. And what happened? Saying, I will be thou clean. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what happened? And immediately and the immediately leprosy departed from the him. The leprosy departed from him. I'm telling you, again, here's the Pharisees. Here are the lawyers. Here are the doctors of the law watching this go on. And they're saying, you better not show up in the synagogue on Sabbath day. You're contaminated. You better not try to come close to us. You better go through the process of purification. You're unclean now, Rabbi. You just touched a leper. You had every opportunity to stay where you were and not get any closer, but you chose to touch him. You're dirty now. But they didn't realize. It didn't affect Jesus. Because <laughs> this was the incorruptible God. And leprosy didn't make him unclean. 
Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. One more, one more, one more, one more. Luke chapter 7, verse 11. And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him and much people. Now when he had come nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, uh-huh. the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, yeah, yeah, and yeah. much people of the city was with her. Uh-huh. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her yeah. and said unto her, Weep not. Weep not. Now watch this. Now and you he, understand. Blood, unclean. Leprosy, unclean. Death, unclean. And here he comes. Funeral procession going by. And he sees this widow. And that's her whole world in that little box. That's all she's got to live for. She didn't really have much of a way to make a living. He was supposed to take care of her. And now she's about to bury him. And he had compassion. And he said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Here, here, take my handkerchief. Don't, don't weep. Dry those, dry those tears. We're going to fix this problem. What? I said, we're going to fix this problem. How are you going to do that? Just hide and watch. Read. And he came and touched, he came and and touched the beer. Touched the beer. And they that bear him stood still. He touched. He touched that wooden or, or, or stone, whichever it was, in this case, plank. They had the body on as they were carrying it out to the tomb. He stopped him and he touched where that body was. And he said, young man, time to wake up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is there any more on there? Read. Read. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. Sat up and began to speak. And he delivered him to his mother. Look, he came and he touched that stand where the corpse had been. Amen. Numbers chapter 19 verse 11 said anybody that touches a dead body was unclean for seven full days. That means the lawyers are marking it on their on their calendars. They're getting out their iPhones and they're setting a reminder. You can't be in synagogue this weekend, Jesus of Nazareth. You got to go and wait until all this is gone. We watched you. We saw you touch him. But I'm going to tell you, it didn't slow him down. It didn't stop him. And see, here's the deal. When he shows up in synagogue, if they want to point a finger and say, you can't come in here. Why? Because you were touched by a woman with the issue of blood, and that made you unclean. His response is simply, bring her to me. I want to see the woman with the issue of blood. Where is she? Go find her. Go show me a woman that's got an issue of blood. I want you to prove it to me. Prove to me she's got an issue of blood. The woman that I touch doesn't have an issue of blood. 
Well, well, well now, we saw you touch that leper. Oh, really? Bring the leper in here. Bring him to me. Let's do an interview. Let me find the leper spot on. Show me that man's not a leper. Well, we saw you touch a dead boy. Oh, really? Hey, come here, son. Come here. I want you to dance around here a minute. Show them you're not dead. I didn't touch any dead boy. He's not dead. Listen to me. We're talking about an incorruptible God. With the law, when it comes to us, whatever's unclean is passed to us. But with God, his cleanness is extended to the unclean. Child of God, listen to me. While you sit there and argue that you're not worthy for God to perform a miracle, let me ask you this. Were you worthy for God to give you the Holy Ghost? Were you? Is there anybody in this house that deserved the Holy Ghost? Well, then why did he give it to you? Is there anybody in this house that deserve forgiveness when you repented of your sins and you were baptized in his name? Is there anybody that deserved it? Anybody? Well, then why did he give it to you? If he's looking for worthiness, there's not a one of us that would even be sitting here right now. But you see, you're like I am. When I knelt to that altar, I don't care if I was 12 years old. My heart was still full of sin. And I didn't deserve one thing from God. And had he been like I am, when he tried to touch my heart, it would have corrupted him. But he's not like me. And what happened on that Sunday night in February 1972 is not that all that I had inside corrupted him. But what happened was everything that he had changed me and he took my sins away. I'm telling you the same God that looked beyond your unworthiness and saved your soul is the same God that wants to perform miracles for his children. He's looking down saying, son, daughter, I want to do something. I want to show myself strong. I want this city to know there's power in that church you're going to. not about whether you deserve it. It's about a God that has the power to do it. Oh, let's worship Him. Let's worship Him.
Listen to me, listen to me. The devil uses that same old lie on saints when they do mess up, make mistakes, and then they come in. They're laden with guilt. They tuck their head. Well, I don't deserve to worship. I don't deserve. I, I know it's exactly what the devil wants you to believe because you'll never get victory as long as you feel that way. And you know what? You're right. You don't deserve it. And I don't either. And neither does anybody else in this house. But it's not about what you deserve. According to the law, that woman should never have gotten her healing. According to the law, that leper should never have gotten his healing. According to the law, that boy should never have been raised. But when the author of the law steps on the scene, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you tonight, God's just looking for somebody that's got that kind of faith that'll just reach out and say, Lord, I know I don't deserve it. I know I'm not... That's not what it's about. If you're looking for somebody to perform a miracle on, here I am, Jesus. I got this need. I've got this situation, God. If if you're looking for somebody, isn't that what the Syrophoenician woman did? Jesus said, it's not fit to take the children's meat and give it to the dogs. She said, you're right. And I'm not asking. I'm not asking for their meat. All I'm asking for is what they're throwing away. They got crumbs they don't want. And I know one crumb that you serve up could cast the devil out of my daughter. So you just give me that crumb. And I'm saying to somebody here tonight, if you're just absolutely convinced you don't deserve for God to do anything, why don't you just ask him, Lord, you know, i got this situation. Is there somebody else that is worthy that just didn't want it? Would you just hand me the crumbs? Hello? Hello? I know I'm just a dog. I know I'm not worthy. But I'll take the crumbs, Lord. Because your crumbs will still fix my problems. Your crumbs are bigger than my situations. When it got through feeding the 5,000 men, not counting women and children, there were 12 baskets full of fragments. Crumbs, if you please. 12 baskets full. He's got enough leftovers that others don't want. I'm telling you, church, he's just looking for somebody. He's looking for somebody that will believe him. 
He's looking for somebody that will just develop some reckless faith and just believe him. Let's take the limits off of God. What do you say? Come on. Let's reach out to him right now. Let's reach out to him. Come on. Present your need to the Lord. I don't have to pray for you. You can get what you need right where you're standing if you'll believe the report that's just been preached to you.